0: Yeah, we are, as a church, I don't know how many of you have carried on with this and how you've got on with it over the, uh, over the lockdown period. But as a church, we are reading through the whole Bible in two years and we're near. The end. (laughs) Wow. Um, So uh, if you want to join with us in that, if you're not doing it, uh, I want to encourage you, get get stuck in. If you dropped out over lockdown, no time like the present to get back involved, get stuck in uh, and start reading uh, with us. It's just two chapters a day. You can find it on our website um, or you can find this week's readings in the bulletin and you can read along with us. Um, We believe that the Bible is is God's written word. It is his word, it is inspired by his spirit, um, and and it can speak to us today. How amazing is it that the creator of the universe wants to speak to us, and that he's written a message down for us? Like, how incredible is that? Like, we'd be foolish not to pick it up and read it. We'd be foolish not to. So I wanna encourage you to do that. so we are currently in um, the Psalms, uh, but today I'm going to be preaching from the book or the letter to the Colossians. And the reason for that is because next this week we get into Colossians, but then the following Sunday we're already into one Thessalonians, so next week we'll be there. So I'm, I'm jumping ahead and we're going to preach from, uh, from Colossians today. Um, and so how many of you have read Paul's letters before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, quite a lot of you. Awesome, awesome. Um, A lot of people struggle with Paul uh, because he can be quite, like, you know, gritty and deep and kind of go into all kinds of things. Uh, But I think essentially um, Paul has got one basic message through everything he does. And his message is this Jesus, it's all about. Jesus. Everything that Paul talks about always comes back to Jesus. It doesn't matter if he's talking about relationships or work or community or finance. Every topic he talks about, he finds a way to pull it back to Jesus, to to encourage us to be like Jesus, to learn from Jesus and to become like Jesus. You see what I did there? I snuck in our vision. There we go. Uh, But that's exactly what Paul does every time. No matter what he's talking about, he always brings it back to Jesus because Paul had an encounter with Jesus that radically transformed and shaped his life. And he believed that there is nothing like Jesus for transforming and shaping life and bringing hope and bringing love and bringing joy and setting people free. The only place you find that is in Jesus. And so no matter what Paul talks about, he always talks about Jesus. That's what he always comes back to. Um, and so um, are we? Uh, can we stick up the... Here we go, we're going to have a go at this. We're going to read um, together just Colossians uh, chapter 1 from verses 3 to 8. And hopefully it's going to come up here. Now I'm going to apologise before it appears on the screen because I haven't used this projector in 18 months and I put the screens in and suddenly realised, oh, it's not as good as I remember it was. And so the colours are a bit faded and trying to fit everything on the screen. So forgive me, week one back. I promise I'll I'll get better at it as we go on. Um, Some of the slides may be, hang on, technical difficulties. Here we go. Yeah. If you want an actual Bible in front of you that you can read, there's a whole table of them over at the back there. Feel free to go grab one. Um, But I'm going to read it out to you. So um, Colossians chapter 1 verses 3 down to 8, it says this. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring up from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace you learned it from Epaphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit let me just pray Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, for the passion that Paul has for you because of how you met with him. God, I want to pray that today that that passion would be released in this place as we meet with you, as we hear your word, as we unpack that together. We pray that not even just by what I say, Lord, but into people's hearts today, I pray that your spirit would speak. And I pray that we would meet with you. I pray that you would unlock something in us. I pray, God, that you would bring us to life more and more and more. So pour out your spirit, we pray. Amen. Great. So, um, do you notice Paul kicks off in that letter? He says that he gives every time I pray for you, he says to this church. Every time I pray for you, I give thanks to God. And then he says says something about what he gives thanks for. One of the things that he says that he gives thanks to God for is because of their love. Because of their love. Do you notice that? Um, I I love that I was about to say (laughs) but um, he says I give thanks to God because of your love for all God's people Um, who doesn't want to know love right who doesn't want to be loved who doesn't want to love who doesn't want to be part of a community that is all wrapped up in love where love is the key where love is the thing that holds it all together who doesn't want to be part of that I do I do. I'm a human being like the rest of you. And you know we were made to know love. We were made to be vessels of love. We were made to be part of communities where love binds them together. And Paul gives thanks to God for these guys because of their love. Because of their love. What's Paul saying to us? He's saying these guys, they've got it. They've got it. And I want to know how. How have they got it? And what can we learn from what Paul says to these guys about that? About how we can experience and be part of and show love. And as we read through these verses, you'll discover that there's a bit of a pattern. Paul unpacks where love comes from. I don't think... That love is something that you can just conjure up within yourself, right? <laughs> A couple of you shaking your heads. Yeah, absolutely not. It, it, have you ever tried to love someone that really irritates you? It's difficult, isn't it? It is really difficult. Um, and, and love is, is not just something you can stir up. Something deeper than that. The Bible talks about agape as love. This, this overflowing, selfless love that just gives and gives and gives It's so difficult to have that. You can't just magic that up and make it happen. So where does it come from? Well, Paul says, when we pray for you, we give thanks because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. So the first thing I want to say is this. Love comes from somewhere. Where does it come from? Faith. I give thanks because of your faith and because of that, because of your love. I give thanks because of your faith, which has then stirred in you love. It is faith in Christ Jesus that stirs love within us. How does that happen? Well, if you look at the last verse that we read, you'll see verse 8. It says, uh, the Epaphras told us of your love in the spirit. Of your love in the spirit. So, faith in Jesus Christ results in the Spirit of God coming to live in us, right? We know that, don't we? The Bible tells us that, that when we believe in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to live within us. And then the Spirit that that we cannot stir up on our own. We call it the fruit of the spirit. You may have heard of this. It's found in another part of the Bible and it talks about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. These things are not things that just naturally we can conjure up by concentrating on them as hard as we possibly can. No, they are supernatural things that are only produced in us when the spirit of God comes to live within us, if you are struggling to know peace, if you are struggling to know joy, if you are struggling to know gentleness in your spirit, if you are struggling to really know love and to be that uh, self-giving agape kind of love, to have that in your life, if you're struggling to know that, then I want to say this to you today, you need to be asking for more of God's spirit because there's no other way that it becomes a reality for you without the spirit of God. It just doesn't it just doesn't. How does the spirit come in us? By faith in Jesus, by faith in Jesus. Let's keep reading down this passage. He says, the faith and love that spring from, they come from somewhere, where do faith and love come from? From hope. The faith and love that spring from hope, he says, stored up for you in heaven about which you have already heard. So, here's the thing, if we're going to put our faith in something, we first of all need something to put our faith in right so where does that come from it comes from hope it comes from hope It comes from the hope that there is something better than this. It comes from the hope that when I am distressed and I don't know peace, there must be peace. There must be something that I can experience, the joy that I can know. I have hope that there is more than what I see around me, than what I'm currently living in. There is hope. And when we have hope, we have something that we can then put our faith in. And then the spirit comes in us and we can know love and joy and peace because those things spring up from within us. Hope comes from somewhere as well. Where does hope come from? Well Paul carries on and he says this, he says uh, that the hope which is stored up in, uh, in heaven about which you have already heard the true message of the gospel. The gospel, this is where hope comes from. It comes from the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. This is where hope comes from and how does hope come? Through the gospel by hearing it. You see when we hear the gospel. When we hear the gospel, the good news about Jesus, it stirs in us hope. You don't realise there's hope until someone tells you there is, you know. And today I want to tell you there is. There is hope. There is. Why? Because of the good news. Because of Jesus. There is hope. There is more. There is love. There is peace. There is joy. There is self control with things that you are struggling with, things that are out of whack in your life. You can know order and beauty in the chaos. Yes, you can. There is hope because of the good news of Jesus. And when we hear that hope, we hear that message, it stirs in us that hope that we don't have to settle for what we currently know. We don't have to settle for what we have experienced. There is something else. And when we hear that, that hope is stirred in us and that hope is fulfilled in Jesus, when we put our faith in him. Do you remember, um, oh, well I don't know if you remember, hopefully you all tuned in every week on Sundays to watch online, didn't you? Everyone just nods, that will make me feel a lot better. Great. Uh, so, um, so so, you remember, hopefully, in one of the preachers and sermons that we did online... Uh, we talked about faith, and it's this Greek word, pistis, and it literally means to be persuaded. That's what it means to be persuaded about. So when we hear the message about Jesus, it plants this seed and stirs this hope within us, and we think, yes, there is more. There is more than what I'm currently living in. I can live at peace. I can live at joy. I can live knowing love and loving those around me, not affected by my brokenness and all the things that have gone before. We have that hope, and then we 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 put. We put our faith in Jesus because of the message we heard about him. We are persuaded about who he is and what he's done. That results in the spirit coming to live in us. And when the spirit lives in us, he produces the fruit of the spirit. He produces the fruit of the spirit. Here is the process that we need to go down if we really want to know love and joy and peace. All of that stuff. It doesn't matter how hard you try. People have tried. People have pursued money and career and family and Other pursuits and passions, all kinds of things. None of those things fulfill. None of them last forever. But there is one thing that does. And there is one thing that can produce in you all of those things. And it is only when the Spirit of God comes to live in you, because you have put your faith in Jesus, because that hope stirred in you, because you heard the message about Jesus. Paul brings it back to Jesus again and again and again. It is all about Jesus. He is our only hope, Paul says. So, Everything stems from the gospel and I want to kick off our first Sunday back by, by saying this, by making a point about the gospel because this is why we're here. This is why we're here. We're here because of Jesus. We're here because of who he is. We're here because of what he's done and what he is still doing now, even today, what he is doing. and do you know what he is doing? He is stirring hope in people that there is something beyond what we see now. There is a hope that is stored up in heaven for us. There is hope And we have a choice. Do we put our faith in that? Do we put our faith in that? Because if we do, we will start to live in that hope now. And the kingdom of God is at hand. People talk about the kingdom of now and not yet. One day, one day... uh, All of this will be transformed and heaven and earth will be made new and we will be in his presence. One day the kingdom will come in fullness. But Jesus said it is at hand now. You can know it now. It might just be a glimpse of it now, but it is something that we can live in, a reality that we can live in now. If we put our faith in Jesus and allow his spirit to be at work in us. As a church moving forward, we want to be open to the Holy Spirit. Not that we've ever actively not been open to the Holy Spirit, but I don't know about you. I'm done with just sitting on the sidelines and waiting and and thinking, maybe, yeah, possibly this is a reality. When it says in the Bible it is a reality, I want to believe that it is true and that God is good for his word. And so as a church moving forward, we want to press into the Holy Spirit and be open to what he wants to do. Don't you want that don't you want the love and the joy and the peace that comes by the spirit of God yes yes we do yes we do and so moving forward we I was great to have Emma and the guys lead worship but we want to create more space like that where we just say God we're open to you and we want to wait on you we don't want to rush anything or push anything we don't want to try and cram stuff in I'm happy do you know what if God shows up by his spirit I'm happy to put the mic down and just let him get on with it I don't need to get up here and preach every week I don't need that No none of us need that. (laughs) Say it before you do. Um but honestly, I just, I just want God's spirit to come and to lead us. Because if his spirit transforms us, that's how everything out there gets transformed as well. When, when the people in the early church or around the early church looked at the early church, they saw a community that was completely selfless, that loved one another, that knew peace in the face of persecution, that knew joy in hardships and trials. Why? Because the spirit of God was there. And what happened? Everyone around that community said, why are you so different? We want what you have. And they said, because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And then they said, tell us about this Jesus. And you know what the Bible says? That thousands joined their community daily. Wow. That's how the world gets transformed. Not by what we do, but by what he has already done and is still doing now, by the power of the Spirit of God. So let's bring it all back to this thing then, the gospel. What is the gospel? Um, I'm not going to... Give you my definition of it. I'm just going to pull out a few verses from here that Paul actually uses and says, uh, "This is it. This is what this is about. This is the gospel. This is the message that we need to hear." And the first one then is in chapter one. Let's just read from verse uh, 12 down to 14 together. It says this: "Um, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. Paul's there. What is the gospel? Well, part one of the gospel is this. God has qualified you. He has qualified you. I don't know what you're striving for in your life, who you're trying to prove yourself worth to, whether it's in this church community or your family or at your job. But do you know what? With him, you don't need to. There's nothing to prove because he has qualified you it's all about him he's qualified you and he's brought you into his kingdom of light he's made you one of his holy people let's read on verse 13 for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins wow Wow, that is good news. God has rescued us. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Nothing's going to hold us back anymore. Nothing. Do you know what? Let me just put my hand up and say, I still make mistakes. I still get it wrong all the time. I am a fallible, fallen human being. But, but when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. Because Jesus' blood has covered me. And because Jesus' blood is transforming me and by the power of his spirit, I am being made new every day. And bit by bit, God is working stuff out in me. And he is making me into the image of his son. He's doing that. He has redeemed me. He has forgiven my sins. He has forgiven your sins. Everything that cuts you off from God, that separates you from life, that puts up a barrier between you and another human being, because we were made by God to be in relationship with one another. Everything that gets in the way, of that the bible calls sin and god has forgiven it he has forgiven it it is gone if you put your faith and trust in him it doesn't have to be over you anymore it doesn't have to define you anymore it has no power over you anymore you are forgiven wow okay let's say what else he says Uh, verse 19 And down to 23, he says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, the him being Jesus. God, God, the creator of the universe, okay? He was pleased to put the fullness of who he was, the fullness of his power and his majesty and his might, all of that, the fullness of it into a human being. I don't know about you, Um so, so often I've heard this message about the gospel, where it's like the gospel is just about getting out of here. You know, this world's screwed up. It's all fallen apart. It's sinful. The aim of the gospel is to get us out of here and whip us into heaven because everything's bad here. You know, physical matter, humanity, it's all broken. It's all bad. But do you know what? If that was true, then why on earth, firstly, in Genesis 1, when God made it, did he say it was good? And secondly, why did he then put himself in it? What an affirmation of what it means to be human. You know you are good. You are good. You're made in his image. You're made in his image. He, made, he put his fullness into a physical human being, into Jesus. Verse 20, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. But now, now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation how incredible is that how incredible is that he has reconciled all things to himself you can know him you can be near him because he has brought you near to him the lord is near the lord is near the creator of everything is as close to you as the as the air on your skin he is there he is with you. He has reconciled you through Jesus. If you put your faith in Jesus and you, like me, will be presented without blemish and free from accusation. Anything that's been spoken over you up until this point in your life, any negative thing, anything that, that blemishes you, anything that, any words that tie you down, in Jesus, you are free from accusation. You are free. Wow. Okay, what else is the gospel? Um, chapter two, verses two to three. Paul says, "My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all uh, sorry, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge." Wow. Do you know what God is a mystery, isn't he? No one can understand his ways. No one can fathom. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Like, we don't understand that. But do you know what? That mystery is made known to us in Jesus. The good news, the gospel, the message is that God is not a stranger. God is not some tyrant far off in the distance. God is not judging your life and waiting to squash you when you mess up. No, in Jesus, he can be known. He is known. You can know him. And the mysteries are revealed and the riches are made known to us. Wisdom and knowledge is found in him. Wow. Wow. That is good news. Um, Chapter 2, verses 12 down to 15 let's read from there um chapter 12 verse 12 sorry having been buried with him in baptism you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God whom raised who raised him from the dead um some translations say through uh, your faith in the power of God um I love that that verse basically what's it saying hey you have died with Christ and you are raised with Christ And because Jesus has been raised up from the dead, we have the hope of life eternal. We too will be raised up with him. Yes. Wow. Verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He has the victory. He has the victory. There is no power that is above him. He is our God and he has won. He has won and we are with him and in him and we have that victory in him. Death, where is your sting? We have that hope in Jesus. Um, let's do this last one in verse 17. Oh, yeah. Um, So verses 16, well, verse 16 talks about a whole load of uh, Old Testament kind of uh, uh, festivals and religious rituals and all that kind of thing. And then verse 17. So this is how they used to meet with God. Okay, So they used to come into the temple and sacrifice this and do that and keep this festival and do that thing. and, And this was how they would draw near to God. But then verse 17 says this. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The reality is found in Christ. All hope, all that, that, that hope of being near to God, that, that, that life-giving breath of God. They, they used to go to the temple in the Old Testament for a number of reasons. One was to worship, but also they went for healing. They went for healing to the temple. Do you know that? And, 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 and they went to, to, to discover God, to be in his presence. All kinds of things. Well, now that reality is found in Jesus. It is found in Jesus. All we need to do is put our faith in him because he has done it. He has risen from the grave and he has the victory and we just put our hope in him. So um, what's our response to this then what's our response to the gospel what do we do what do we do now as church chapter 2 verse 6 says this so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness let's just break that down since then, just as you received Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted. Be with Him. That's the first thing we do. What do we do? We be with Him. That's the, the, the main goal of our lives is to be with Jesus in every moment. You know that that is possible because Jesus poured out His Spirit. He said, I'm going to send the Spirit. And he will be with you. My spirit will teach you. My spirit will be with you and strengthen you and remind you and comfort you. We can be with him. The next thing says, uh, built up, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. We be with him and we learn from him. We learn from him. We're only going to learn from Jesus if we actually spend time with him. That's, That's what happens. We get as close as we can to him. So that we can learn from him. We let his life-giving words speak into our lives. And what happens? What happens as the life-giving words of Jesus are spoken into our lives by the power of the Spirit? We become overflowing with thankfulness. We become like him. We become like him. You see, when God speaks in Genesis 1, what happens? There is life. There is order and beauty in the chaos. What happens when God speaks? That is what happens. I don't know where the world gets this idea from that God is some tyrant that speaks judgment over everyone and crushes everyone and is negative about everything. Because when I look at the Bible and the God that I know that I spend time with is a God who, when he speaks, there is hope and there is joy and there is life and there is freedom. That's who he is. So if that's not what you're hearing, then I want to encourage you, get near to him. Be with him because that's what it sounds like when he speaks that's what it sounds like would be with him learn from him and become like him uh, Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3 they say this since then you have been raised you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated uh, at the right hand of God set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you die and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What do we do? We set our minds on things above. Having heard the message of the gospel and put our faith in Jesus, what do we do now? Set our minds and our hearts on things above. You know, it is so easy to set our minds and our hearts on earthly things, isn't it? I I do it every day. Every day I I wake up and my intention is heavenly things. And I get about three minutes into my day and already I'm on earthly things. (laughs) already you know how how is that true for everyone else please someone nod yeah great okay wonderful it's not just me amazing we're all in this together uh, but it happens it happens It is a struggle sometimes to do that. But this is what Paul's encouragement is. He says, you have been raised. You do know Jesus. So set your minds on the things of Jesus, not on earthly things. Does that mean we walk around with our heads in the cloud, completely oblivious to things that are going on? No, absolutely not. It means we have heaven's perspective on the things that are going on in our lives. It sometimes means that I need to press pause. Matt comes into a situation, something happens, and Matt responds like earthly Matt. But Matt needs to press pause sometimes and go, hang on a minute i i want to do this i just need to lift my eyes what is it that you're seeing here god and how do i live like that because as we do that we connect with the spirit we align ourselves with him and what happens then the spirit brings love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness into those earthly situations and without his spirit they won't be what happens in those situations. We fix our eyes on things above. Um, Colossians 3 verse 12. I love this verse. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Paul's, you are holy. Do you know that? You might not feel it all the time, but you are. Not because of anything that you do, not because of anything that you try to achieve, but because he has called you holy and put his Holy Spirit in you. He made you and he is the holy God and you are made in his image and he has made you holy. You are holy and you are dearly loved. You are dearly loved. Wow. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Now you might think, hang on a minute, Matt, you just told us that we can't, make that stuff happen we can't make gentleness happen we can't make patience happen like it's hard isn't it <laughs> you get into a situation where you think you need to be patient and the last thing you want to do is be patient and you try to be patient and you find that you're becoming less and less patient not more and more patient yeah everybody with me on that one so 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 how can I be saying oh you know we, we can't make it happen but then Paul seems to be saying clothe yourselves Clothe yourselves," he says. That sounds like put it on, doesn't it? That sounds like do it yourself, make it happen. Well, here's the thing: in the Greek, the word "clothe" is the word "endo." I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly, but let's just go with that. Enduno. and it's two words, duno. and and it means uh, it literally means to sink in. So into to sink it means to set like the sun it means to fall into almost like baptism just to immerse yourself Paul isn't saying struggle with all your might to become patient that's not what he's saying he's saying fix your eyes on Jesus and fall into all that he has for you sink into all that he wants to clothe you with you know when you uh Well, when a uh, a king or queen is is crowned, they don't get themselves dressed, do they? (laughs) What happens is someone comes up and puts the robe on them. Someone puts the crown on them. You know, you are holy. You are a royal priesthood. You are kings and queens, sons and daughters of the most high God. Sink into what he is wanting to clothe you in. He wants to give you joy, he wants to give you patience, he wants to give you love, he wants to give you kindness and goodness and gentleness. How does that happen? By immersing yourself in the spirit, by choosing to trust in who Jesus is and letting the gospel be the main message of your life. Which is what he goes on to say in verses 15 and 16 in chapter 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Paul, he comes back to it every single time. And we need to do the same. It is all about Jesus, the message of Jesus, what he has done for us, what he offers us. If, 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 if that isn't your reality right now, what I want you to do is just to stop and maybe this week just reflect on that, on the message of Jesus, on what the gospel is. It, let that penetrate your heart so that it stirs hope within you that things can be different. And then when hope is stirred in you, Choose to put your faith in Jesus, because then the Spirit of God will radically transform your life, and all of those things will become a reality for you. They will. Am I telling you that your life will suddenly become easy? No. Please don't hear that, because that's not what I'm saying. Okay, he is the God who is with us on the mountaintop, but he's also the God who's with us in the valley. Will you still experience situations where you need to have patience, or you need to choose to love somebody? Yes. Yes. But you can do it now empowered by the spirit of God because he is able to do that in you. Um, I want to wrap up just by going back to chapter one and reading uh, verses nine to 14. Paul says this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Let me just ask you this question. Who is Paul praying for here? Is it people who don't know Jesus, people outside of the church? No. He just started off by saying, hey, we're so thankful to God for you guys because you, you have your faith in Jesus and you are people who know love. And then Paul says, so because of this, we haven't stopped praying for you. Guys, we need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for the church of Jesus. We need to be. We need to be, because that's how the world comes to know Jesus, when the church is really the church, and the church is filled with the Spirit, and the church is on fire for Jesus. That's how everybody else gets to see see Jesus through the church. So Paul says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives Here's what I want us to do. I'm going to stop now. I want us to pray. I want us to pray for one another. This isn't going to be one of those moments where we've got the ministry team over here and one or two of you come out. You see, because we are the church, right? And, and wherever you're at right now, whether you are full of faith and full of love, or whether you're just struggling to hold on to the gospel for dear life right now and to find hope in it, we're here. We're here and we are the church. And God wants to do something amazing. And so I want us to pray for one another. I'm going to put up on the screen, I don't know if you can read it, sorry if you can't. But I'm going to put up on the screen some of the points from what Paul says about prayer. Let me read them out to you. So Paul, he says, we've not stopped praying for you. Firstly, to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like, I feel like I don't understand what God's up to right now. And I want to know. You know, the, the Bible says that God doesn't do anything without first telling his prophets. God's not a God that tries to have you over. God's a God that loves you and wants to lead you and guide you and speak to you. So, so maybe you feel like that right now. I just, I, I want to know his will. He also says, um, praying for you to, to have the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Maybe there are situations in your life right now where you're just feeling like, oh, I don't know what, what to do in this situation i don't know what to do in that situation or how to handle that well paul says we can pray we can pray for wisdom and understanding that comes from where the spirit so we can pray for the spirit of god to move in this place um he says that he prays for them to live a life worthy of the lord maybe you're aware of your own failings Maybe you're aware of the things that you get wrong. Maybe even this last week you've been kicking yourself because of that thing, that sin that you keep going back to, that you keep doing, that keeps plaguing your life. Do you know what? There is power in the message of the gospel to change that. There is power in Jesus that can transform us to live a life worthy of the Lord. We can pray for that. Uh, Bearing fruit in every good work. Maybe there are things that you're trying at they just don't seem like they're bearing much fruit. Actually, do you know what? Maybe that's because we're not doing it in line with the Spirit. Maybe there's stuff that we haven't been seeking God on first and we've just been running ahead on and hoping that God might bless it, but we've not been seeing fruit in it. Well, maybe now's the time where we can retune, realign ourselves with the Spirit so that we can see the fruit happening in those things. He prays that they would grow in the knowledge of God. man. I want to know him more. Do you want to know him more? (laughs) I want to know him more. Like that is a prayer that I want for me, to know God more. Uh, He prays that they would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. He also prays that they might have great endurance and patience. Like, Do you need to know the power of God in a situation in your life? Do you need to know that patience that comes by the Holy Spirit? he also prays that they would uh, give thanks joyfully to the father uh, do you feel like joy is lacking do you need to know that joy we can pray for that finally to know that you, I've got a spelling mistake there it's a good job that you guys can not read that prays uh, it's, uh, it's, um, praised that, uh, that they would know that they are qualified that they are rescued that they are redeemed that they are forgiven do you know that today? Do you realise that is true about you? That is true. That's what Jesus came to do. And there's nothing that you need to do other than put your faith in him. You, you are qualified, you are rescued, you are redeemed, you are forgiven. That's the message of the gospel. And maybe that's where you're at. And maybe you need to let that speak to you again today. So here's what I want us to do. I'm, I'm going to ask the band to come up in a second just to play uh, lightly because we all feel a bit awkward when there's no background noise and we have to pray, don't we? So we're going to create some of that. Um, and I just want you to, t- to turn with the people around you. So, so, so maybe just in twos or threes, i just want you to pray for one another ask that person what on that list because i I promise you there's going to be something on that list that applies to all of us even if it's just one thing there's going to be something what on that list is it that you want prayer for what is it that you need to know what is it that you need to discover what is it that, that the spirit of god can make a reality for you today that can take you deeper into he wants to do that i believe he's here today and he wants to do that so I'm going to stop. Guys, why don't you come up and just um, just play. And we're going to take, gosh, wow. Hey, Veronica, look at the time. You're going to make it home on time. Yeah, great. <laughs> wow, guys, we're doing all right. We've got plenty of time. So uh, <clears throat> um, I, was, I was concerned that I might go on a little bit long, and that we might not make it out by 12 o'clock. But don't worry, we will. Um, Unless, of course, God has other plans and we want to go with that. But um, we're going we're gonna to just, we're just gonna do that now. Why don't you turn to the people around you? Why don't you just say to them, hey, you don't need, you don't need to tell them your life story. You don't need to give away all, all the deepest, darkest secrets of your heart. This is a safe place, okay? You just need to say to them, hey, what is it that I can pray for you? Um, and, and then why don't you just pray for one another? Just ask God by his spirit to come and do that. And if you don't know what to pray, that's okay. Just put your hand on their shoulder, if that's okay with them, do check first, and just ask God to pour out his spirit and to bless them, because that, God knows your heart, God knows their heart. If you can't kind of find any other words, you can use those words. God, pour out your spirit, meet with this person, and bless them, and just wait for a second and let God's spirit do whatever he's going to do. Is that all right? Let's do that. Let's do that now. Great.